0: Today I got, I got, this is my last, my last Sunday all oh, for a while. I'm starting a new series next week. I'm excited. So for my, for the last Sunday, we finished the series already with the, with the armor. If you guys didn't get in on that, please check out the website, the podcast. There's some good stuff and some life changing material that if we live by it, it'll change us. And we won't even have to tell nobody because it'll just show. Amen. For this week to start the new season off, I like to bring the, the house prophets, the husband and wife team that we that we have. So come on, bring up the ministers. Where are they? Josh and Lee with a fresh word for the new season for you guys. Come on. What's up? Giants, baby, today, right? I throw that out. My wife hates football. Test. All right.
1: Yeah. Okay, good Check one? Yeah, well, there we go. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, good morning everyone. Yeah, good morning. Giants. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, giants. <laughs> I am so excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning. I am so excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning. I am so excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Yeah. 18 years in the house of the Lord and not one day has been stale in the house of God. Can I get an Let me amen? Get out of my way.
0: Go, ahead, go, ahead. go back
1: and forth. Yes, get out of my way. Get out the way. I do. I feel the fire of God this morning. I woke up this morning and I held my husband's hand and we began to pray. And all I did was have an open vision of a clear, beautiful, gigantic pool of water. And I saw a diving board. And I held my husband's hand in the vision, and we started running off the diving board, and we jumped headfirst into the pool. And the moment I stepped into the doors of the church as the worship team began to just rehearse, there was nobody here, maybe just the two couple rows over here. The presence of God, the spirit of God. And I was overwhelmed and I just stood back there, and I knew the worship. I knew it didn't start. I knew the service hadn't begun yet, but I couldn't help but just lift my hands to Jesus and just say, thank you, Lord. 18 years, thank you, Lord. Not one day has been stale. Not one day has been boring. Not one day has it not been worth it to lay down my life for the call of Christ. Not one day has it not been worth it to sacrifice the ways of the world for the kingdom of God in my life. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. And this morning, as Ephraim began to worship, gosh, as the worship team, and, he, and you said to us, he said to us, don't tell me nothing. We were in the prayer, prayer room. He said, don't tell me nothing. I don't want to know what you're preaching. Don't say anything. God, the Holy Spirit. Oh, the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. I feel like we shouldn't and we don't even need to preach today because everything and I don't I was standing back there and him and I were just like cheese cheese smiles from ear to ear just yes God yes 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 the greatest thing for a minister for a preacher for a teacher of the word of God is to have a word confirmed by the Holy Spirit when that person's those people had no clue well we were about to get up here this morning and preach and I'm telling you salvation and redemption and blessing and mercy have come to this house this morning and I don't know where you find yourself and I don't know what your situation is but i'm telling you salvation is here and i know in my gut there are some of you sitting in here that have never met jesus you have never encountered the love of god i tell you this morning get ready Buckle your seatbelt because I'm telling you, Jesus has found you this morning. When you woke up in the morning, it was not an accident. When you took that first breath into your lungs, it was not an accident. That was the Holy Spirit making you well and able to come into the house of God this morning so that you would hear the words from God so that your spirit would be quickened and that so your flesh would align with the spirit of God so that everything would come into one accord so that you would know the will of God for your life And that you would understand that the darkness of the kingdom of hell is not your home. You are not to rest in an unclean and dirty place. But the Lord has stored up for you the kingdom of God. And one day that sky will crack. And one day the heavens will open. And one day you will give an account. And on that day, he'll say, remember? Remember that day in September when I woke you up? remember that one day in september when i put that breath into your lungs and i told you to come into the house of god he's gonna say that day remember that was a day that i gave you to remind you of my promises to remind you of where i've called you to be to remind you that the kingdom of heaven is your home I woke you up that day in September to remind you that I love you. I woke you up that morning in September to show you that my grace and my mercy are for you. I woke you up that day in September so that you would understand that my purposes are going before you. I woke you up that morning in September so that you would understand that you have been given another day to fulfill everything that I put on the inside of you. Remember that day in September because that's the day that I came to you and I destroyed those yokes and I removed that burden from you so that you could live in the freedom that Christ died for. (laughs) You are going to remember this day in September, not because I said it, not because I preached it, but because the Holy Spirit has ordained this day for freedom. We, out of the mouths of human beings, yes, we declare a thing, but heaven has already declared it, and heaven has already gone before us, and he's making that perfect way for you this morning, into your future. So remember that day, this morning in September.
0: Amen, amen. (laughs) That was just an introduction, that's not even how preaching, so... Yo, we were, we were blown, our, our minds were blown, we were weeping in the back when we listened to all the worship songs. Gotta make sure. We Listen to all the worship songs and the song that stood out the most to me was, I called and you answered and you came to my rescue. So the title of our message today is Lost and Found. Let's put that up. Look at us. You can see I'm wearing a giant's hat on there, right? Today's Giants Day. I'm sorry. It's Giants Day. Let's go. Anyway, you're going to hear that a lot today. But as I was studying this and I was breaking this down, two things came out to me. The whole loss and the found situation. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you, you know, I looked at all the Webster definitions of loss and stuff. And it says, loss is unable to find one's way, not knowing one's whereabouts. And it says, uh, denoting something that has been taken away or cannot be recovered. The definition of found is collected... Um, hold on a second. Yeah, it says, it's... No, my mistake. I skipped that right now. It says basically, you know, that, that to be lost is to be without something, to not know what your whereabouts is. And God gave me a vision. The vision he showed me was a lost and found box. Now, in this box includes three people. It, cr- it includes the seasoned Christian. It includes the unbeliever and the new Christians, the new believers. And in that box, we've all been put in there somewhere or or, or form, whether it be by rejection, whether it be by the world has rejected people and just threw them into that box and they don't know where they belong, whether it be a Christian that's been working in the kingdom for so long and so long, and they feel tired and feel worthless and feel like, what is the purpose to keep going? They feel abandoned by God at times, and they get put in that box as well. And then you have new believers that are so excited about Christ and so excited, but they're witnessing a lot of the, the old believers with their negativity and how, like, I remember one time they told my wife. You can sit down. You know, they told my wife one time when she first got saved, you see the way she is now? She was like that when she got saved. And people were like, oh, you'll get, you'll get over that. You'll get over that. When the storms come and all the problems, like, you know what the truth is? You won't be like that. I have never seen a change. She's always been like that. She's always been excited. I, I, when, I, when I first met her, I was like, all right, relax, you know, relax. I was like, I was one of those kids, relax already. Come on, man. She don't know what storms are. She just got, she got the baby milk. She don't know what's going on. But I realized there was a, 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 just a transformation that she realized that God was on her side, that God was for her in every situation. But one of the things we go through in the body of Christ is this, I'm lost, you ever get that feeling where I feel like I don't know where what's going on. I don't know what you're doing. Why is this happening to me? Why am I going through these storms? And we feel like God has re- replaced us. But I want to let you know today we, have, we serve a wonderful father. Yeah. A wonderful father that when he disciplines us and he teaches us, he's, he, he, it's, like, it's not like the way we do it. See, when we are our children, you ever discipline your child before <laughs> It's totally different than the way Jesus did. My picture of how God does things is the way I do things and the way I experience. You know, if you're disciplining a child, you have like these three things we do. We do like a timeout. The worst thing about timeout is that you're by yourself. That God is not in the midst. That he's not with you in that situation. That he's giving you a timeout because you've done something wrong and now you're paying the price for what your wrongdoing is, so stay by yourself over there. Doesn't that sound like sometimes we feel like in the Bible... In Christ, when we, in that when we go through our storms, that we feel like, yo, God has abandoned us right now. I must have done something wrong. I must have done something that he didn't like. So I'm going through this storm right now. I'm going through this kind of like push to the side right thing. The other thing that comes up is more or less the um, taking away. You know, you know how many times I took my kid's Kindle away in the last week? Like a thousand times. He's like, oh, come on, give, give me a Kindle. That's it. You don't play. Give me a back. Go back and forth, back and forth like that. But you know that God doesn't take things away from us when he gives us something to cherish. See, God is never always, to. he don't want to pay us back for our wrongdoing. He's not there to punish us. He's not there to hurt us. What he's there to do is to guide us. The last thing that we do is we reprimand by hitting. And I hear so many times God gives us pow-pows. If I'm going I'm to break your bubble. He don't give us no pow-pows. My Jesus does not give me a pow pow when I do something wrong. Because what it shows is that he's not slow to anger, that he wants to punish us, and he wants to make you feel the pain so you don't do it again. That's not the God we serve. I'm going to read a scripture right now, but I'm letting you know basically why we're in that box right now. Why we're in that lost and found, waiting for someone to get us out of that situation. So I'm going to read Hebrews 12. You guys can turn to Hebrews 12. It's in the New Testament. I'm going to the old school. I'm using the Bible because I was having internet problems. We're going to uh, Hebrews 12. We're going to start at verse 7. It says, it is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as his sons. For what son is there to whom the father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who have disciplined us, and we still respect them. Shall we not much more subject to the Father's spirits and live? For they discipline us with short time, as it seems best to them. But it, he disciplines us for our good, that we may share in his holiness. For, the moment of all, for, for at the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. So therefore, lift your droopy hands and strengthen your weakened knees and make straight the path for your feet so that what is lame may not be put to, to the joint but rather be healed. You know, what? the like picture God gave me when I read that. We all, I don't think everybody has a membership in, a, what is this, Planet Fitness, right? Automatically, when you go to Planet Fitness, you get a t-shirt that says you go to Planet Fitness. Even if you don't work out, you still get a t-shirt, right? <laughs> I didn't get a t-shirt, right, because they didn't have a t-shirt for me when I went. But it, it just shows I go to the gym. The one thing is, it's like I said, there's a no judgment policy there, right? So I see like these 800 pound dudes pumping iron, doing it all wrong, injuring themselves, but there's no judgment, right? Somewhere along the line, we have to ask for help and ask, yo, you, how do I do this? Even with the direction, you still don't follow it. Because I did, I was working out one time and my neck was sore. And I did like, like two reps or something like that. I don't know what that was about. But I was in so much pain because I did it wrong. But one thing I learned is that in Christ, based on that Jim's experience, in Christ, there's no, there's no pressure. There's no pressure for you to perform. There's no pressure for you to be works. Even the garbages are made that you can't throw up in it. You haven't noticed that? I, I, we worked out, and I felt like I was going to throw up, and there was nowhere to throw up. I noticed the garbage had, like, tops over it where they put, like, spray bottles so you could wipe stuff down. I couldn't even throw up. I had to stick my head through the garbage in order to throw up. But I realized something, it's not a pressure to, to perform into a way that seems unexpected, that's not expected of me. See, God, what He does for us, He says, I'm here to teach you the way, I'm here to discipline you. And discipline is not the way we think it is. Because as soon as we do something wrong, we think we're getting corrected for our sin and we're being judged by it. But God is slow to anger, He's not there to judge us. Discipline, what it means in that scripture, it means I'm here to teach you and guide you and perfect you, and perform the work that needs to be done, so that you can receive the fullness of what he has for you the Bible says, he that begun good work will complete it to the the day of Jesus Christ so in other words, when he called you, he called you, and he's gonna put in you strength, he's the one that's gonna do the work for you, though we have to be submit to it, and say yes to Jesus to the process but the storms of life come and they make us weary at times And we don't realize that the difference between the weariness that we're going through and God's discipline is that he's trying to teach us how to go through the storm. Not that he's creating the storm because you've done something wrong, but he's trying to teach you through the storm. See, in that lost and found situation where we're asking God, Lord, you know, why am I in this place? I'm calling out to you and I need your help. I need you to deliver me out of something. I'm asking you, and I'm just here to tell you today that God is going to deliver you out of your situation. Because he's not the one that put you there, but you belong to his. You know, to be lost and found, we're waiting for the owner to return to pick up his items. And you belong to Jesus today. Even if you, you don't know Christ today, even if you're not a believer, the fact of the matter is, you've been put in that box too because you've been rejected. You've been given away, but God is here to tell you that you belong to him. You don't belong to nobody else. So the relief in that is that I'm not alone in this situation. I'm not left to shame. I'm not left to failure. I'm not left to abandonment. I'm here to be receiving. My my owner is coming, which is Jesus to take us back to where we belong. Whatever you need, wherever you're asking God for today, he's there. He's not going to leave us, nor forsake us. If you're questioning where you're at today and why you're in that, I want to let you know that God's about to take us to a next place. We've just been put in a box because nobody wanted us or nobody cared or the storms of life have come. But Jesus said, I'm about to take you to another place and I'm coming to claim my thing. It's like you go, you you look inside those lost and found boxes, you find woolly hats and scarves. you nobody going to take a woolly hat. You're you're going to put a woolly hat that belongs to somebody else, right? But they're all there. But the season is changing now. There's a season changing. We're coming into the winter season. And there's a need for the winter uh, uh, um, attire right now. There's a need for the woolly hats. There's a need for the scarves. <laughs> there's a need for the one glove. that You know, it's like two, it's always like one glove in there. There's a need for that. That's for the single people. You come like one glove. but Somebody somebody may have the other glove. That you... <laughs> that just popped in my head right now. That just popped in my head. I'm serious. It's the season for it. The season is changing now. Can't you tell how things are changing? If you've been in this church long enough, you know things are changing quickly. And now the season is prepared. Those those garments that are needed, it's us. Even the unbeliever, the garment that's needed for this new season, you're it. And the owner is coming to claim. He's coming to claim what is his. His. There's a harvest, the end time harvest that's coming. God wants to produce a righteous a harvest for you of righteousness. Things that are just wonderful. Things that seem like they're never going to happen. You ever been in that bubble with things that ain't going to happen and you keep hearing the word of God and the word of God and you like, hey, shut up already with that. I don't see it happening in my life. But there's one request that God has of you. Why don't you submit to the process? It says endure, endure hardships as discipline. Not that he created the hardship in your life. Not that he created the storm in your life. But what he did was, he took those those issues, those hard situations to show you, I'm going to show you the way. My wife didn't want me to tell a story, so I'm not going to tell her. I'm just going to kind of like cliff note it. But we had a... <laughs> you know, I'm going to say it. We, had some, we went, it was a Monday, and we had an issue where we went to go get ice cream. Now, all I wanted was an ice cream. I'm not going to say the whole thing, I promise. <laughs> it's not about us, it's just... Something else. But anyway, so I went into ice cream and some incident happened where there were some people there and I guess the guy was upset, whatever, and he uh, decided he wanted to be rude to my daughter. So this is one of those hardship moments where the <laughs> discipline, the training that I've been through was supposed to come out, right? <laughs> so I was in a pause situation. I just want to sit, pause, and observe it, you know, waiting for the Holy Ghost to give me some kind of insight. But it didn't happen. It didn't happen. So I see my wife respond and stuff like that. Long story short, it almost went bad. It was almost going to be a Mike Tyson knockout situation, right? But I realized, well, afterwards, I felt guilty. I felt guilty. And I had a shame. And I was going home with shame. I kept apologizing to my kids, apologizing to my buddies, all the people that were with us, texting them, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And then God, the, the most amazing thing that happens is God's response to us. And this is his response to you in your, in your situation. He said it real quietly and simple that just changed my whole situation. He said, Oh, next time when that happens, do it this way. Next time it happens, do it this way. And I'm waiting for a judgment to come. I'm waiting for his, his wrath, or you know, like you shouldn't have did that. You're a preacher, you what are you doing? And he was like, oh, just do it this way next time. And I was like, what? You know why? Because under the blood of Jesus, there's no we don't get judged for sin. That doesn't give you the okay to make the mistakes to do sin, but he knows you're going to sin. So that's why he's here to discipline us, to train us. Think of the word discipline as somebody working out. You got to be disciplined to get the muscles, right? And not how many of us want to go through the struggle of lifting weights and vomiting and getting past that stage and trying to work. Nobody wants to go through that. But the Father is here to say, you know what? I'm here to teach you. Submit your ways to me. Submit, me, submit yourself to the process that I'm doing for you. Because I'm about to take you into the next step. The next, the next generation. The next area of your life that you've been waiting for. And the lie of the enemy. This is what I had a dream the other night. And the Lord, the, the, the enemy, the Lord told me this. I was standing at my door, I woke up in and I felt like it was so real, I was standing at the door, the lights are off, and I hear somebody in the hallway, and somebody saying something, but I knew it was demonic, like something was going on out there, and when I listened, they were talking about my children, and they were speaking um, like curses over my children, they were saying like, they will not succeed, this one will fail, this one will fall into that one, and I'm listening to it, I'm listening to it, and all of a sudden, I, start, and I started correcting it, and in my correction, I was just saying, no, he's going to be this way, no, this is the way he's going. He's going to be pr- pr- prosperous. No, he's going to have fruit. No, my daughter's going to be successful. I started speaking life into the situation. The problem with the lie of the enemy is we listen to him. And we don't correct it. You know, you hear the word rebuke. We So many times you grew up in a Spanish church, everything is like, I rebuke your name. it. Everybody yelling and stuff. Rebuke means to correct. So if you're telling me something, if you're telling me I'm, th- I'm 800 feet tall, I'm like, no, 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 I'm not. I'm going to tell you what the truth is. That's exactly it. We believe the lie the lie of the enemy to tell us that you're in your situation because you made a mistake you're in your situation because you sinned you're in your situation because you were disobedient to god and we feel lost in a situation like the tv show lost you ever seen that show lost i didn't see that show it stunk <laughs> but the thing is i watched the last episode of lost sometimes you don't need to watch a whole show you just watch the last episode you know everything that happened i watched the last episode of lost And they found out they were all dead already. The whole journey that they were going through, all the process. uh, Did I blow that for somebody? You watching that Netflix or something? If you are, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. But they were going through all this journey, all this stuff, and fighting ghosts, and all this craziness. I do not even know what was going on in it. But next thing you know, they realized, oh, they were like in purgatory. They were dead already. See what the enemy wants to do to unbelievers, he wants to do to the body of Christ, is that this is a waste of time. That all this is for nothing. It's just for the end to find out that you're wasting your time and you're dead. That there's no eternity, there's nothing else in this life. Where he tries to lie and tell us that lost state of mind, that there's nothing else. But it's a lie. What it is is your father allowing those things to happen to teach you so you can receive something even greater. There's something greater coming up. I don't know if your spirit, if you see, if you're sensitive to the spirit in that area, or you're thinking about it, or you hear about it. You hear a lot of negative things all the time in the news. Even prophets saying that, oh, the stock market, I don't care about that. I pray that if the stock market's crash, somebody sends a million dollars to my bank account. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't care about that, you know? She's like that. I know she wanna. I know you got season tickets for Giants, but. But you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's a lie. No matter how hard your situation is right now, is not because you make mistakes. We're always going to make mistakes. We're always going to sin. I'm sorry. We're always going to sin. It's the flesh always riding up. But God said, I'm training you so that you won't be like that, so you can inherit the greatness and the blessings that I have for you. He will never leave us nor forsake us. You hear that a thousand times. he never leave us nor forsake us. But that means that I'm never going to leave you nor forsake you. I'm always there. I called you and I'm going to complete the work in you. We're not under the law. We're not under the law. We're under grace. It's not about our works. It's our good works through him. But the lie, there's a lie that we are believing that we're here because of our own mistakes. And I'm here to encourage you today to let you know that Jesus is on his way to the lost and found station and he's about to pull you out of the situation. And not only is he going to pull you out, that he's going to put on those garments and do his work in his last time. So I don't care how broken you feel, how sad you, I do care, but I'm saying like, you know, come on. You always got to say that because you don't, know, somebody said, like, you still don't care. Anyway. But you understand the fact that God is saying, I'm calling you now for this time. Something great is about to happen. These things we hear about in the Word for so long, and we hear these testimonies, prophecies, and all that stuff, we're the ones that are going to do that. Not these, not these clowns sometimes we see on TV they are trying to get our money all the time. God's about to put it to take that and transfer that to us over here. Because He knows you're making a difference. He knows you're doing something. But God only asks us one thing. Just submit to it. Just submit to those problems. When you go through those times, when I go through those sonic Ice cream moments. <laughs> I get an opportunity all the time. God don't be like, "Oh, why'd you do that?" Then I tell you, that's not how God responds to us. He just said, "Don't worry about it. Next time, we we'll get him next time." But do, but in that, did you learn anything? I like, "Yeah, I didn't hit him." So, <laughs> right? I didn't hit him, right? Crispy was with me. <laughs> I didn't hit him, so that I learned something, right? I didn't let my my anger get to the point where I'm gonna swing it on somebody to hurt somebody, right? See, you learn. And now the next step, you learn more and learn more. This is what Jesus is doing with us. It's not about being perfect. Come on, man, we are not perfect. One day we're going to write a book, and you guys are going to be like, oh, Jesus, these guys ain't perfect. We're going to write a book one day, and you're going to write a book. You can write a book of all the wrong you do, and then you get up before the Lord, and you go, God still uses you. And it's not like, oh, I'm using you, but you're about to get it soon. You're about to fall. There's going to be a consequence. You know, we start hearing all this stuff like, oh, man, then we're never going to make it. But God is here to let you know today that something new is going to happen. He heard your cry. The Lord had heard your cry. He heard you call out to him in your desperate moments. And he's here to tell you today as I'm answering you today. That I'm going to take you to the next step. I'm going to take you to where you're asking me to be. And it's beyond what you could imagine. Just like my wife said in the beginning, take a dive in that water. You got to jump in. There's, we, 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 have, we are jumping into things right now where it's like, in the past, if we did this, we'd be flipping out. We'd be worried about money and all these different things. And it's now like, yo, go ahead, do it. Let's do it. Let's just jump in. I don't know. What you keep doing all the same time, is never, nothing's changing. Because God's probably tell you it's time to do something different. So I pray today in the name of Jesus that you guys will walk into understanding that Jesus is not there to harm you but that he's actually doing the work in you and through you. But the lie will come. The enemy's a liar. And he'll tell you, this is because you done wrong. This is because you made a mistake. This is because you didn't pray often. If that's the case, we're all messed up right now. And we all ain't going to make it. And we talked about a thing about the dying church. That churches are dying. This church is not going to die. I believe in my heart that God told me when, when I first came here, he said, this church is not going to die. And so many people through the past probably waited, like Jonah, waited for moments where God is saying, this place is going to die. But I'm here to tell you today that God has found us. And if you look at the definition of found, we say that as the definition, oh, you find something. It's like the past tense of find. You know, we say like that. There's another definition. It talks about establishing. Even in the Hebrew and Greek, it says to establish. So when you are found, what are the bases that you are found upon? You are found upon the cross. What Jesus did was enough. What he did on Calvary, dying for your sins was enough. When you say yes to Jesus, you're saying yes to him to do the work through you and in you. It's not by your works, nor by your might, but by his spirit. And when he puts his spirit inside of you to do something great, you're going to do it great. No matter how you think of yourself, no matter how you feel like you're not perfect or you can't get it straight, it's the season. The season is changing. So I encourage you to understand that though you in that box, the milk, oh my God, <laughs> the milk carton, you know, that, you know the symbolism of that? I'm, I'm going to finish now, but the symbolism of that is because people couldn't find children, high profile cases, they couldn't find them. So they will put out these things thinking that, you know, when someone goes to the store, they may see a, that the parent or the, the one that kidnapped them, they may see that picture and stuff like that. Well, you know what? God put an APB out, out on you. Some of us have been hiding for a while now. And burying ourselves in a situation like Mephibosheth in the story of when David's looking for him, he's waiting for him to hurt him, to kill him, but he invites him to the king's table. The Lord wants to invite you to the king's table once again. He don't want you hiding anymore. There's nothing to hide. Your sin is not greater. He died on the cross. He, bur- he bore it all. There's no hiding no more. Now it's time to step forward and take your place in what God has to, to be. Okay? Go ahead, buddy.
1: So I want you to take a moment and I want you to imagine in your mind an actual box. And I want you to take a moment and say to yourself, what do I feel on the inside of me is lost right now? Do I feel like I've lost my way? Do I feel like I lost direction somewhere along the line? Do I feel like I've lost a relationship? Maybe things are not working out in a marriage? Do you feel like maybe you lost a hold of your dreams? Maybe you lost a hold of mercy and what that really means for you? Maybe you've lost vision for your life. Maybe you've just lost hope. There are so many things that can be represented in this box today. Now as your eyes are closed, and I see some of you have them closed, and you're imagining this box, I want you to imagine the Son of God, clothed in a beautiful white robe, shining bright like the sun, walking straight over to this box, bending down, taking it out of your hand, opening it, and taking every single Lost dream, vision, hope, marriage. Everything that you feel is lost. And taking it and going back up to the Father. And making all things new. This is what God wants to do for you this morning. If your life is in shambles and you don't know Jesus... This is what he wants to do for you this morning. You can open your eyes. When I was a teenager, I ran the streets while I was in foster care. I became a ward of New York State, and I felt very rejected, so my box was my rejection. And there were some really good foster moms out there and and are out there And I had this one really great foster mom who really wanted to love me and really wanted to care for me. And I did not allow her to do that because I was so broken and so abused and so hurting. So I ran away. I ran and I ran and I ran and I became AWOL and a picture of me was put up in several different precincts because every single foster home I was in I ran away. The shortest time I spent in a foster home was maybe 16 hours. I came in, I dropped off my stuff, I told the foster mom that I was gonna go spend time at a friend's house. I grew everything that I knew I needed, put it in a little sort of like backpack, and off I went. And I ran and I slept in stairwells and I slept on roofs and I showered up in the morning at random people's houses. I went to school when I felt like it, until I got put into a really harmful situation and all the time I'd be found. And I didn't want to be found. I didn't want to be found. In fact, a a girl that I ran the streets with told me, don't worry, if you run away and you stay away long enough, they won't come look for you anymore. And I was like, really? So I adapted myself. I adapted myself to this way of life of sleeping in stairwells and begging people for money. And I knew how to make a meal out of a dollar. I got a quarter water chips and a 50 cent buttered roll. I knew, you you survive, and you adapt. And I adapted to dark, unclean places. And I told myself that it was okay, because I had lost all hope. And the only option that I gave myself was what I could give myself. And I didn't want anybody to take care of me. And I can't imagine that even in the Old Testament, the story of Moses, that even Moses must have felt that way. When he killed that Egyptian and he ran and he ran and he ran until that one day God met him in a burning bush to call out to him to pretty much say, I know you don't want to be found, but I still have a purpose for you. And he called out to Moses and Moses gave God his excuses. And I can imagine that some of you this morning have given God your excuse And you've told him why you can't be loved. And you've told him why you don't really feel like you're worth it. And you've told him why you can't accomplish that thing that he's put in your heart to do. You may have settled in a place where you've adapted to an abusive relationship. You may have adapted to an unclean place where you say, you know what, this job, eh, they don't, they don't appreciate me. You know, this is going nowhere fast. Nothing's going on here. And you know what, I, ca- I, I, I fell into the gossip. And now I'm just sort of adapting myself in an unclean place but the Holy Spirit, but God doesn't want that for you. This morning, the Holy Spirit is a compass for your soul. And I know that it's scary to feel lost because I remember when I was running the street, I didn't feel like I was superwoman. I was scared. I knew police were looking for me. I knew I was going to be found. I knew it, but I didn't want to be found. And I know that it can be scary. Can you imagine Thomas after Jesus died? Thomas was one of Jesus' disciples. He was one of Jesus' closest friends. He was lost. He didn't know what to do. He's like, my Savior, he died, that's it. I've lost direction. I don't have any more hope. But we know the story, and we know that when the resurrection of Jesus happened, and he showed himself to all the disciples, all were there but one, and that was Thomas. And was when hope was given to him, and it was told to him by the other disciples, no, Jesus, Jesus rose, he's here, he's alive. He refused to believe it. And there are some of you here this morning, you refuse to believe that there's light and that there's hope and that there's a new day outside of what you're facing. But I'm telling you, there is. And so he waited, and Jesus was so faithful and that eight days later he came back just to see Thomas because Thomas said if I don't see it I don't believe it come on how many of us how many of us have wept before the Lord right down at this very altar and we've said you call me out upon the waters, right take me into the unknown we sing oceans, that's what we want, that's what our spirit cries out for. But then all of a sudden, we're asked to take a step of faith and we back up. Oh, nope, don't see it. <laughs> I don't see how this could work out. I don't know if this is for me. And that was Thomas's response. He was like, I'm not going to believe it until I see it. And Jesus comes to him. And what does Jesus do? If you know the story, he comes to him and he puts out his hands. What a merciful God, right? He says, here, Thomas. Come and see. Come and feel. Come. I'm here. I'm real. What I said is true. Until Thomas comes and he feels. He feels Jesus. He feels the tangible presence of God. When he thinks that all hope is lost and when he feels death at its core, He feels the living son of God. And Jesus says to him, now stop and start believing. And then he says, you see and you believe, but blessed are they that do not see and yet believe. And you are blessed and you are highly favored of the Lord this morning. And you are founded in the palm of his hand. And the scripture says, my favorite scripture, he says, even though your mother and your father forsake you, he says, but see, I've engraved you on the palm of my hand. How profound is the love of God, how deep is the love of God, and that love is for you, and I didn't feel like that love was for me, but when I came to Jesus, and I felt that love fill my soul in the coldest of places, like he said, this joy, this excitement filled me, and it's never left me, And as I continue my journey with the Lord and as we continue to walk out our walk of faith, I'm not saying that it gets any easier because every act of faith is still challenging. And I'm I'm glad for that. I'm glad for that because it builds that muscle of faith in us. And we are a work in progress. And so be gentle to yourself. And don't self-hate and don't self-condemn. Don't trap yourself there. But know today that you are found by God that you are loved by God, he so desperately wants to move in your life, in your circumstance, over your finances, over your marriage, over your household, over your workplace, over your ministries, over your talents, over your callings, over your dreams, over your visions. He wants to move in that. He hasn't forgotten about that. And he wants to come to you today in a very tangible way and say, come and feel, feel me. Come and feel my heart. Come and know and be restored today. If The worship team can come up. I love that song that we sang this morning, Came to My Rescue. You know why? Because it's not just a one-time thing. It's over, and 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 he doesn't get tired of it. And every time you need him to come to your rescue, he's gonna come. He's gonna come. He's gonna be that superhero for you. He's gonna scoop you right up out of that depression. He's gonna bring you right up out of that abusive situation. He's gonna bring you right up out of all that despair. He's gonna do that for you over, and over. Jesus saw me when I was sleeping in a stairwell. He saw me when I was raped. He saw me when I was abused. He saw me when I almost got murdered in a shootout and it wasn't me who hit the ground. He saw me and he called me and I said, yes, Lord, I am here. And so I want to make a call for prayer for two things this morning. One, I want to make a call for salvation. I believe salvation is here. Scripture tells us that today is the day of salvation. Today. And if you've been contemplating, should I come to you, Lord? Should I not come to you? Maybe you're backslidden. I want you to know that you have been found by God. And that when you woke up this morning and he told you to come into the house of God, it was to enable you to receive his love. And so if you feel comfortable coming to the front and you like prayer and you don't know Jesus, or maybe you've been backslidden and you've pulled yourself away entirely from the love of God, then I want to gently invite you this morning. The Lord says he knocks at the door of your heart And he waits for you to open that door. And he says, come. He says, come see my hands. Come feel me, come see what I've done for you. It'll be something that you will never ever regret. It will change your life. It will change the lives of those around you. And I promise you, you'll find destiny and you'll find purpose. So I'm gonna pray a prayer and then you can do the second altar call. If we could all just bow our heads and if you haven't come up to the front, that's okay. You can pray right where you are. I want you to say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I have fallen away from your love. But today, I wanna be restored. Jesus, you are Lord. You are the son of God. You are the Messiah. You died on the cross for my sins. And you rose again and will come back for me one day. Jesus, I give you my life. I give you all that I am. And I ask you to use me however you see fit. I believe that there are glorious days ahead. And all my hope is found in you. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: You know, this next calling is for all of us. God is about to take us to a new place. And you know what? We don't know what that place is. We don't know what that looks like. That might be scary to jump on something that you don't know what it is going to be, how it's going to feel, what, what is required of it. But just know this one thing, that God is with you no matter what. That he is perfecting the work in you. So if you feel like, like that like lost like that, like that abandonment, like stuck in a box and you're wondering, Lord, when is it to change is going to happen? When am I going to be rescued? I called out to you. And I heard God say when she was praying, I said, I called. You called and I'm answering and I'm coming to your rescue. Things ain't going to be the same. Things are not going to be the same. The impossible. We don't believe for the impossible anymore. We believe what we can touch like Thomas. If I can touch it and feel it, then I'll believe it but blessed are those who don't see and believe blessed you follow Jesus because you're blessed you don't see him but you believe and the next step requires faith of you the next step is not you know I don't want nobody to be afraid of when they talk about the end times and all this craziness that goes on I'm telling you you're going to be living in like a holy bubble that when persecution comes and danger comes you like welcoming like come on bring it on don't you know when there's new season, your children are protected? Don't you know when the new season, your finances are blessed? Don't you know God has to put a word in your mouth for the people that's around you? Don't you know your job's going to change wherever you go? I go to my job. I preach all day long. Everybody's backsliding Christians and everybody's believers there. And asking questions because I open my mouth in the place where I'm at. This is a new season, a new season for you. Is not gone. So I welcome you to come to pray with us together because we're all in this season together. We're all in the next step that God is about to take us into. And you require strength. And the only strength you're going to get is through Jesus. It's not by your own strength. And he wants to equip you. He doesn't want you to do it by yourself. He wants to grab your hand and take you to the place you need to go. Some of you are praying for marriages. Some of you are praying for job situations. Some of you are praying for ministry. Some of you are praying for loved ones that seem like they're never going to come to Christ. Some of you are worried about danger that's, uh, that you're facing. Some of you have anxiety and depression. Some of you have addictions. Some of you just have bad attitudes. But God is the willing the work in you. I used to see people with bad attitudes in the church. I'm like, come on, Lord. But God was like, yeah, you still say the same thing to you. Come on, Josh. But God is merciful. He loves us. He called you for a great purpose. And maybe we don't feel like we're living that purpose now, but God is saying, don't worry, it's about to happen. What you are called for is about to open the doors. The, The prophecy of this year for this church was God is about to do, take you into your promised land. And begin your destiny, what God has called you to do. Your destiny begins this year. The year's not up yet. God wants to open your eyes to your destiny this year. What you're called to do. We're not called to walk around like zombies all day long. And if you are a zombie, you know the best way to kill a zombie is shoot her in the head. So God is trying to get right to your mind right now to tell you that if, though you feel like you cannot do it, though you feel like you're walking around like a zombie, I got the answer and it's in your mind. The enemy is trying to attack your mind, trying to destroy you. The battle is in here. It's not a here what you experience experiencing out here. It's in the spirit world. We're walking into a new season, guys. Me and my wife been believing for God for so many things for so many years. Oh, she broke out what'd she go for so many years, and God said, Be patient, I'm doing something in you. And just like that, in a moment in time, things changed. What did I do different? I didn't do anything different. All I did was submit to what God wanted me to do, submit to the process. I endured the hardships as God teaching me how to work and how to do things. to Holy Spirit I just speak that you take these people to the next level Lord take them to the next place Lord they need to go to the chapter is changing in the book the chapter is changing the storm that you're in is stopping now you have been found you have been found you have been called to something great and nobody can take it away. Nobody can take your salvation away. No one can take the gifts because they're given without repent. We're given without repentance. Your talents, no one can take those away. It's time to utilize every gift, y'all. You know, wanna be a singer? I've been practicing to sing. I ain't playing. I ain't playing. if y'all don't want your gift, Let God throw a little bit off on me, man. So I'll sing it up. But God wants to do something new with you guys, bro. Ladies, gentlemen, God has called you for something wonderful this year. So I speak life into you today in the name of Jesus. I close your ears to the lie of the enemy right now in Jesus' name. The lie that feeds us to tell us that we're in trouble, that we're without hope, that we're in danger right now. I come against it and I speak life into you that you are about to embark on the, the, the destiny of your life right now in Jesus name nothing you can't even get in the way you can't even get in the way of what God is going to do you have no choice to fall in line with what God wants to do in your life you called and he answered It's time to respond to the call that you've been asking for and crying out to all this time. He's answering you now. And he's coming to your rescue to make the desert that's dry and fill it with water. The areas that seem like they're hopeless and bring life to those places. We've been broken as a church and crippled and trying to get through life. But God said, I come to heal you today. I speak over your ailments in the name of Jesus. The sicknesses that hinder us from doing what God calls us to do. I come against that in the name of Jesus. And I speak healing in your body today. Doesn't matter what your mind thinks. You're healed in the name of Jesus today. I speak healing. Healing in your emotions. Today is a day of breakthrough never things will be the same not because I say it but because God has answered what you asked for and only you know what you prayed for and cried out to God for if you don't believe in Jesus I want to let you know Jesus is standing at the doorway looking for you to come in waiting for you where you're at so he can rescue you and bring you into your desires the desires of your heart that he put in there so let's sing I don't know you want You call the answer.